0: Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So, uh, my message today is called "Triune Salvation." That's an interesting name for a message. Actually, it was a message that John G. Lake preached years ago. He was—he uh, had an incredible ministry. You know, he had this international ministry. He was healing thousands and thousands and thousands of people probably 100,000, and he felt that there was something that was lacking. I mean, right? So he fasted for nine months, and um, after his fast was over, he, had, he was praying for a woman who was dying. The glory of God fell on him, and his body became illuminated with light. And afterwards, he preached this message called Triune Salvation. And he's known for it. I mean, it's really a famous message. I encourage you, you can go look it up. You can Google it. Um, my message is, is similar to his message, but yet different. So I want to I wanna tell you something because there is, there's an invitation, and you've heard me talking about this over the last several weeks. There's an invitation being given to the body of Christ. And it is for such a time as this. And I love what I asked Lindsay this morning. I said, what do you feel like the Holy Spirit is saying? And she said, the ships have are burning. <clears throat> you know, when they came over to America, what did they do? They burnt the ships. Why? Because there's no going back. And so there's a no going back. God is saying that, that I, that the, the shift is here. The, the, the doors are open and there's no going back. You've just got to step in, you've got to step through, and you've got to receive all that the Lord is doing right now. Because it's not that he's doing a new thing, he's doing a thing that he had in his heart all along. It's just you are awakening to the new thing that he did 2,000 years ago. And so there is an uncapping, an open door, a walking through, a receiving these new things. Amen? Amen. So years ago, back in 2006, I'm going to give you a little bit of prophetic history for those of you that don't know. I, I remember every single word that God has spoken to me over 20 years. My husband thinks I'm brilliant, but I'm actually just, you know, I mean, it's just the Holy Spirit, right? It says that he will bring to remembrance the things that he spoke to us. And he does that to me in the seasons when I enter into them. He will say, this is that that I spoke of to you. And he does it with all of us. That's why it's really important when he gives us a dream when he speaks to us or whatever, we write it down, we catalog it, and we keep it. He said, keep my word. In other words, value it, maintain it, retain it, because it's going to come around and there's going to be a time and a season where you enter into the thing that God promised you. And so you're aware and awakened in that season. So you know how to pray and you know how to agree. So years ago, back in 2006, The Lord said to me, and again, there's different measures of his voice. This was a level nine. Um, He said to me, the three are coming together as one. Did you think I wouldn't give this to you? And I was like, "Uh, what? Right? I mean, you're probably thinking the same thing that I was. What? you know, I mean, the Trinity, the three are one. What are you talking about? Right? So uh, fast forward, um, we ended up looking for a building because our place was getting, I was too small, or the, actually the grace just left of having 120 people in my house all the time. You know, I was just like, how many times am I going to scrub that toilet? <laughs> so, um, So fast forward, we started looking for a place, okay? We didn't need a big place. We just needed a place. And so we looked all over Dallas. Um, I mean, literally all over Dallas. And we had money, but we had people saying no to us, even though we had money. And we were thinking, this is so odd. You know, And, and, and but around this particular area, as I drove in this area of Farmer's Branch, there was so much grace for this area. And then we drive by this place, and and John said, this, this place right here looks like it might be our place. And I was like, okay, well, so we, we come in and it just happens that the landlord was here. We talked to them. They said, Yeah, we've got this spot open. All right, so we we signed the lease, and when we signed the lease, it was March 1st, 2010, okay? The three are coming together as one. We signed the lease on 3-1. Well, guess what our address is. We're on the corner of Alpha and Gamma. 3-1. And so we're like, hmm, what are you doing? Because you're doing something. And so as I've been preaching this message, you guys have heard me talking about the open door, the open door, the open door, the open door. Now, I have hit this so many times, and the reason that I'm hitting it the way I am is because this is a critical, very important message for this hour. Now, remember I told you that the lights have been going out. The electricity has been going out. There's been power surges for not only did it happen in this house, but it's happened to people who are contacting me. They're listening to the message, and the electricity in their houses are going out as my message is playing. Now why? Because it's power. God is saying there is power on this message and it's a power that is going to usurp or, or, or take dominion over the powers in the earth. So it's an important message. So I'm going to somewhat review, but not totally. Okay, so the three are coming together as one. Again, the Lord said to me, this recently, Jesus is God of the door, and He spoke to me out of Revelation three twenty, and so I'm just going to read it for you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also and sit with my Father on His throne. And so what is he talking about here? He said I'm going to go to he who overcomes overcomes what? This Laodicean church age where you think you are wealthy but in fact you actually have nothing. You're looking at all of the external things of life, but your internal life is actually toxic. You are starving. You have not been nourished, and you don't understand the truth of the gospel of what Jesus died for. I had my son tell me recently, he went to a, Pakistan, a wedding in Pakistan, and um, and he told me recently about the Muslims that were there. And he said, yeah, I mean, they've got a God, and and they, the, he was telling uh, Samuel that they're They believe the same thing we believe. And I was like, "Uh, no, they don't. (laughs) Let me just tell you, Jesus did not die to create a religion. Jesus died to create a new man and a new woman. He didn't say, hey, I want you to be good. He said, no, I want you to be like God. I'm going to come live on the inside of you. And that's where it's gonna get really fun. And you're gonna be like me. The thing I loved about Jesus the most is that he was a rule breaker. I mean, I was like, dang, can you imagine in that day? Okay, I was a rule breaker back in the day. All right, hear what I'm saying and what I'm not, and not what I'm not saying, okay? I'm not saying <laughs> sin is okay, all right? We're to be holy, yes, as he is holy, but. Uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God, all right? All right, so he says this in verse 21, to he who overcomes, to him who overcomes, and to her who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the three that come together as one. He said, listen, Where I am seated, if the last day's church will overcome the fatness of their souls and they will begin to buy from me this gold and the truth of this union with me, I will give you a place. You will sit with me at the right hand of my Father. That where I am, you will be also. Amen. So in summary of this whole thing that happened. So he's like, you're going to dine with me. You're going to dine with me. The door is open, church. I can't emphasize this enough. We are in the last days, and there is a crucial, effective door that has been open to us. And there are things that I have labored for over the past 20 years that are going to be available to us now. And it's going to happen like that. Because there is an anointing on this table of dining. So what happened at this table? It is the John 14 through 17 Passover table. And I'm going to review it for you. Number one, Jesus says over and over, I am in the Father and he is in me. You are in us and we are in you. And he's talking about this triune salvation. He was saying there is a union between me and the Father. We are one. Now, you are going to be one with the Father and the Son. Now, you have to understand something. At the time, all they knew was Yahweh. They knew that Jesus was the Son of God, but he's standing right there in the flesh next to them. They had no concept of the Trinity. They had no concept of the Holy Spirit. They they didn't know. They did not know. And so he was bringing a new... And I'm telling you, the majority of the church does not understand union. How do I know that? Because I can see the fruit of the church in America. We should all be raising the dead. Casting out demons. Healing the sick. It should be commonplace. The whole world should be like Those are the believers. Go to them. They are the priests of the Most High God. We know where they are, and we know who they are. And we know that when we go to them, that God shows up. Not a lecture. I'm not going to preach to them. Remember? We're supposed to do the acts. Let the acts preach for themselves. Jesus said, if you don't believe, believe the works that I do. If you don't believe the words that I say, look at the works. The works will testify of the truth of who I am. All right, number two, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is coming to you to graft you into me and me into you. And so he said, look, you're going to be led. This is how you're going to be led. This is now the way it's going to be. Your life is now not your own, but it belongs to me. And I'm going to tell you what to do, when to do it, where to do it, how to do it, and your life is going to be incredibly blessed. Get the blessed life. It'll help you in this. It's an incredible book. It'll fast forward you to the place that you need to go. Number three, when you are in me, ask the Father in the name of Jesus and you will receive whatever you asked. Listen, this whole, I, I, I'm i waiting for 20 years for God to answer my prayer. I'm telling you, the only one in that scenario who's doing it wrong is you. It's not God. I had a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in, gosh, about 15 years. And he was believing for the same thing that I, that when I saw him 15 years ago. And I'm like, dude, Seriously. Let's talk because we're supposed to be people of answered prayer. Now, I understand there are seasons that we go through, but but beloved, a season is a season. It's not a decade. All right? So, if anybody knows me, you know I like to get where I'm going. Let's get there. Let's not mess around. Because the kingdom has a way... And and we are supposed to find that way and slipstream in the things of God so we get to where he's taking us faster. And so he says here, if you ask anything, that means like anything. You ask the Father in my name. It's going to happen. Amen is right. And he says this, and in this place, your joy will be full. Now, here's what's shocking about this. So here's Jesus, and he's talking at this table, right? Well, I mean, TikTok, in like three hours, he's about to get punched in the face. He's about to go through the most incredible suffering. He knows what's coming. And he's sitting there casually, calmly, in peace, concerned about his disciples, Not just for his disciples, but for those of us who will come after them and believe in him according to their word. So that your joy will be full. Think about that. What incredible love he had for us. That your joy... The fullness of your joy was his priority. And he said that that this this is why I've come. So you can be like me. And in that place, you'll have the fullness of joy. Because like Jesus, when he spoke, everything in the universe had to respond to his word. And it had to line up. Because he was the creator. Number five, that they would be one as we are one. And so I want to show you something. I made a PowerPoint. Yeah, I did. I know. There its is. Dun-da-da-da. Dun, dun, dun. right. Believers are triune, okay? So I want you to look at this. We're made up of the body. We're made up of the soul. And we're made up of the spirit, Okay? Now, in this place, next slide. Nope, not that one. That's the third one. Second one. There it is. Okay. All right. So when you think of yourself, you think of yourself in these two ways. Okay. So let's take Michael here, okay, as an example. Um, so he thinks of himself, this is what I look like. This is who I am. This is my body type. You know, I've gone along my whole life. This is, you know, me. This is my frame. This is whatever, okay? And and then his soul life, number two things of the three, are his mind, his will, and his emotions, okay? So most of us, we see ourselves as the way we think, how we feel, and what we do. And so that's kind of how we process, and that's how we identify. That's our identifier, right? Identity. I am what I think, I am what I feel, and I am what I do. And I am my physical body, right? But the most interesting thing happened when Jesus broke in. Because even though we're body, soul, and spirit, when Jesus broke into your life, show the next slide. What he did is he said, actually, this has got to change, Your identity is no longer that of your earthly body and your emotions, the way that you feel, your mind, the way that you think, and your will, the things that you do. All of these things now are being brought under the authority and the power of the Spirit. And so now, the truth of who you are is that The Father and the Son are one. They have now come to live on the inside of you. And you are now in them. It is a triune salvation. Wherever you go, whatever you do, this is the reality. Okay, I want to stop there for a minute. And I want to tell you a testimony. This week has been so remarkable. We had so many cool things happen. So I was in the prayer room this week. Um I was praying somewhere in the middle and a young woman came up to me and she sat at my feet and um and she was crying. It, and it was a it was a pretty good cry. I mean, it wasn't like sniffles. It was um hurting really bad and she was in a lot of pain. And she was in so much pain that her her lips were quivering. And she said, um, you know, I've, I've just broken up with my boyfriend of six years and, and, um, and she had her arm in a sling and I couldn't see her hand. And she said, I have diabetes and my finger has opened up and my, my nerves are exposed. And so she's holding her hand and she's shaking. And she said, I am in so much pain. And so I said, okay, well, let's go to the back and, um, and I'll pray for you. So I take her to the back. And as I'm praying for her, immediately I see a hook in her heart. And, and a hook of sorrow in her heart, and I, so I said, I command that sorrow to come up and come out. And so when I say that to her, she begins to manifest a demon, and 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 she goes like falling down, and I'm kind of praying and holding, and so we lay her on the ground, and she and the 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 uh, demon begins to you know do what it does. Do you know demons are divas, right? Yeah. They like to make a lot of noise, and they do it to intimidate you. But they're really only like this big. And uh, demons don't get to make noise in this house. Right? So I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to hear what you have to say. You don't get to yell and scream. And so what happens is that demons will shut the eyes of the people that they're oppressing. And so our eyes roll back in our head. Okay? So what what am I doing? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Come here. Who are you? Who are you? Open your eyes. What is your name? She tells me her name. Now, I know her name, but I'm bringing her back. I'm bringing her back. and I Because what? The eyes are the window of the soul, right? The eyes are the windows of the soul. I need to get a hold of this because I'm about to do some business, but she's got to be present for me to do it. I'm not going to go chasing that demon all around while he's totally taking her hostage, right? And so... I said, what's your name? She tells me your name. And I said, whose are you? And she said, I'm Jesus's. I said, that's right. And I said, who are you? I'm a daughter. And I was like, that's right. And I knew. I'm like, game on. Okay. (laughs) So I said, I want you to agree with me. Father. So she starts agreeing with me. I take her through a prayer. The demon goes. Her hand gets healed. All the pain leaves. And she's doing this. She takes her glove off. She takes her sling off. So all of that happened without any drama. So within a very short period of time, I don't know, Matthew, what was it? Five minutes? I mean, and it was just seamless, okay? All right, so fast forward. Um, one of the nights that we were here, I don't remember, it was Thursday night. Um I saw one of the precious uh, uh Love Dallas girls who was here. And um, and I remember passing by the hallway named Sarah. I was passing by the hallway and I saw a couple of guys, like three guys, and they were praying for her. And she was all hunched over, and I I stopped and I thought, huh, I wonder what's going on. But I had a meeting uh where I was supposed to be debriefed or briefed before we went out on the streets, and so I was like, okay, well. Just going to keep going. And, and then after we were briefed, we came in here about an hour later and, uh, one of my spiritual daughters, Courtney came and got me and she said, you've got to, you've got to pray because this woman is in so much pain. And, 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 you know, we've been praying and we, we can't get her healed. And I was like, okay. So I walked up and I saw, you know, there was a bunch of people there praying for. And I thought, well, you know, they've got it. And so I turned around and the Holy Spirit's like, mm, mm, mm. Get back over there. And so I said, all right. So I go over there and, uh, and, and walk up and I'm like, okay, let's just stop. So I kind of told everybody stop, stop praying. And I walked up to her and I asked her name and I said, Hey, you know, what's your name? And she told me her name. And again, ask her the question, whose are you? Jesus. I'm Jesus's. Who are you? I'm a daughter. Said the same thing. And I'm like, okay, let's pray. Both of these women had a level nine pain. Sarah's pain was so acute. She had, her shoulder had fallen out of its socket and her shoulder was hanging there. And, um, and so began to pray and we prayed, I don't know, two or three times. And, um, about the third time, the shoulder, nobody's touching it, it went up and back into the socket on its own. Didn't it, Sarah? She's right there. <laughs> now, and I said, what's your pain level? She's like, it's a two. And we were like, praise God. This is what the Lord showed me um, with both of these Our open doors, both of these were, and both of these I bound up unclean spirits, right? And then I release healing. The unclean spirits come through open doors in the mind, the emotions, and the will. Those are our open doors, okay? With both of these women, the Lord showed me that 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 was where the open door was. So I want to, I want to tell you this. So Courtney asked me the question. She said, how is it that you could do that? How, how, and we're over there praying. And why is it you step in and, and do that? And I said, it's not about what I did. It's not a method, but it's about who I am, who I am in Christ. I have been meditating on John 14 through 17 since God spoke it. And I'm looking at that, and I'm integrating that into the truth of who I am. I am one with him. And it's not me that's stepping. I'm just the vessel that's carrying him. But I am fully aware and fully convinced of who I am in Christ. And that thing's got to go. Now, I've been praying now for a minimum of 10 hours a week for 20 years. Sometimes it'll get up to be 25. I've been fasting and praying. I've been pressing in for this. This has been the desire of my heart that three would come together as one. And beloved, I can see a dam that is in the spirit, and it has a huge crack in it. And just as Jesus said this to his disciples, he said, listen, you have to believe not just in who I am. I am the son of God, but you have to believe who you are in me. That's the key. And they went, oh, we believe. That's what the flood of the Holy Spirit fell on. It fell on an identity that had been established through the revelation and agreement with what Jesus had been saying to them. I'm telling you, the dam has been broken. The door is open. The flood is coming. It's going to land on the revelation knowledge of who you are in Christ. The three have come together as one. Did you not think I wouldn't give this to you, he said. This is our portion. This is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you are Christ men and Christ women. You know, that Christ is just a title. It's a title. It wasn't his name. His name was Jesus. Christ means the anointed one or the oily one. You are Michael Christ. You have Christ living on the inside of you. You are Michael who has the anointing. You are Matthew who is a Christ one. You are Matthew Christ. Don't get offended. You. It was a title of, of, of who he was. He was the oily one, the anointed ones, but he was the firstborn of many brethren who would go and do exactly as he did, which is exactly why he came to live on the inside of them. Amen? Amen. All right. So I want to, I want to, I want to, what do I want to do? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to declare over you. Okay, here are the things that we need to do in our identity to enhance your identity as one with God. Number one. I've got four. Do I have four things or five things? Hold on. I have four things. Um, number one, prayer. Of course, you guys know. I mean, prayer, 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 prayer. What is prayer? It's a conversation. It, you don't have to. You don't have to pray in King James. It's nothing fancy. It's just like you would talk to your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. It's just how you would talk to your friends. You know. It's that simple, okay? I like to pray. I pray both on my own, by myself, and then I like to pray corporately cuz I like to get in the fire with a lot of other believers. Who boy, that's fun. And then I I like to pray in my car as I go. I pray in my I pray in tongues a lot. I'm having conversations. I'm getting downloads, and I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm putting it in my phone. And I'm telling you, the more you do this, I'm telling you, here's what union looks like. Union looks like you don't leave him. It's like, oh, well, he's at church, and I'm over here. No, 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 no. Union looks like, oh, (laughs) there you are. (laughs) You know, my boss just said something really mean to me. Can we talk about that? That's what that looks like, prayer. All right, second is worship. Worship. Um, again, I just want to encourage you guys in something. Now, I realize it's 1150, but listen, this is an aside. Let me tell you something. Stop fighting demons so much. The church has started, the charismatics have spent all of their time fighting demons, and they're so busy in warfare that they're not spending any time in worship. I am telling you, just punch them in the face and get on with it. All right. <laughs> Amen. Remember, Jesus didn't do it. You shouldn't be doing it. What did Jesus do? He worked, prayed, and he went around and cast those demons out. He didn't have a conversation with them and he didn't spend a bunch of time meditating or thinking about them. All right. Uh, Three, you want to speak the word over yourself. And, uh, this is where it, this is where it's like you've got a biscuit. This is where the gravy is. Okay. Just pour the gravy on the biscuit. And I want to show these to you because I want you to repeat these after me. Okay. All right. So I'm going to declare this and I want you to say it with me. Okay. We're going to do this. It's like an activity. Don't you love that? All right. So number one. All right. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Father. Thank you that the glory which you gave Jesus you have given me and that I will be made perfect in one with both you and Jesus in me and me and you. Okay, number two. Father, thank you for the spirit of truth. I will see and hear all that he does and says and will have the strength and wisdom to follow him. Number three. Father, thank you that whatever I ask you, in the name of Jesus, you shall answer and my joy will be full. All right. Picture of that and meditate on it. Here's what I encourage you to do. I want you to get John chapter 17, verses 21 25 and I want you to sit in your prayer time and I want you to meditate on that day and night that 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 until that truth and that reality becomes your reality oh John 17 what I say 22 through 25 21 through 25 yeah this is the truth that this is the prayer that Jesus prayed for you. And this is the truth of who you were created to be. Again, Jesus didn't die to start a religion. He died to start people that were his own. You are a new creation in Christ. And church, we need to start acting like it. And we need to start believing it. Amen? Amen. All right. So I'm going to pray for you. Everybody stand. Jesus